0: He is risen, church. Wow, y'all are getting this thing really up front. I just wanted to say, if y'all were listening last week, because truly, he is risen. And he's truly risen indeed. And not only is he risen, but he is living within us. And we have the choice of allowing the risen Christ within us to really have an impact in our lives, and then to reach out and touch others by his spirit. Amen? So I have this message that the spirit has inspired within me on last week, and the title of this message is Faith, Hope, and Love. The resurrection helps us to live this Christian life with faith, with hope, and with love in Jesus Christ. So I start us off this morning with a question. How is the resurrection of Jesus Christ impacting your life today? I'm giving you a chance to let that sink in because it's a very important question. How is the resurrection of Jesus Christ impacting your life today? We have a great, great message. We have a unique message in this world. That message, that unique message is that our God, the God that Christians call upon is the only God who took on human flesh, came and dwelt among humanity, revealed his power, his grace, his mercy, and his love, and then died upon the cross for those who believe in him, and then rose from the dead, to validate the gift of salvation that God has given to all those who believe. That is a unique message to every Christian upon this earth, past, present, and future. We are the only religion that will claim that our God loved us so much, that he gave himself to die upon the cross and to receive our brokenness, our sin, and then to give us the opportunity to live this Christian life in freedom, with faith in him, hope in what was accomplished and what is yet to be, and with love so that others who do not yet believe can believe. I think when we hear the text that were read today, we heard how the resurrection of Jesus Christ impacted the lives of his disciples and those who were around them. You know, John tells us in his gospel that it was on the same day of the resurrection, later that evening, that Jesus uh, and his resurrection, it was breaking news in Jerusalem, if you could imagine. You know when we turn on the television and we see the news and we see it all the time, breaking news, breaking news, breaking news. Well, it was breaking news in Jerusalem on that first Easter Sunday. You know, rumors and, and, and reports were going all around that Jesus was resurrected from the dead. And the question is, Where were his disciples? Where were his closest followers? Those who had walked with him for three years, saw all the signs, saw all the miracles, heard his teachings. Those who said they believed in him and trusted in him. Those who said that they will never leave him. They will go with him all the way to the end. Where were they? John tells us that on the evening of that resurrection, they were behind closed doors. And they were behind closed doors because their hearts were fearful. They were fearful of their leaders, you know, in their community and what they could possibly do to them because they were identified as followers, as disciples of Jesus Christ. In their fear, they forgot Jesus' teachings to them. They forgot something that Jesus taught them about fear. And this morning, I pulled from uh, another gospel, Matthew 10 and 28. And for the song people, Matthew is going to read this verse for us. Matthew 10:28 tells us something, and I, I pulled it out of the message translation so we can get right down to the heart of the matter. His disciples, they were fearful and they forgot what Jesus taught them about fear. So listen to these words this morning. Don't be bluffed into silence by the threats of bullies. There's nothing they can do to your soul, your core being. Save your fear for God, who holds your entire life, body and soul Matthew, can you read that one more time? Because I'm seeing some faces that they didn't catch you at the beginning. We'll get them. We'll get them. We'll get them. Don't be bluffed into silence by the threats of bullies. There's nothing they can do to your soul, your core being. Save your fear for God, who holds your entire life, body, and soul in his hands. Amen. Don't be fearful. You know, we as Christians... There are going to be so many things that will threaten to rise up fear within us. There are so many bullies in the world in which we live. They are physical bullies and then they have spiritual bullies. And let me see if you can identify with me some of those bullies. When we think about the destruction and the fear that cancer in all its forms bring to us. When we think about all of the diseases, the life-threatening diseases that can impact our lives and we sit before a doctor and we hear that we have been diagnosed with da-da-da, fear rises up within us. When we think about people and, and the things that they do and they say that can hurt us, those are some fearful bullies. When we think about the terrorists and the atheists and the agnostics in this world whose voices are loud and their actions bring pain to God's people, they are bullies. I will tell you that last Sunday when I left out of here in the midst of the in the height of the celebration of Christ's resurrection and what it means for my life and for your life and for those who are believing and yet to believe. Oh, there was a sadness that came over my spirit when I saw the images of people in pain, people suffering. People crying, people feeling despair because of the actions of dark minds and dark souls, the people who had those bombings in Sri Lanka. I sat there and the tears rolled down from my eyes because even though I didn't know those people, they are God's people and especially those who were in church worshipping the resurrection on Easter Sunday. But one thing I kept on saying in my spirit is that, God, I know you are there. I know you are in the midst of that pain. I know we don't understand it, God. And it doesn't make sense. But I know your witness will come forward, God, out of that destruction. Ah, we have so many bullies in this world. But I am here to tell you this morning that when I look and I read and I pray and I study with the spirit of Christ in what God's word has to say, I see hope. I see that my faith is able to thrive, to rise above the bullies in this world. The things that threaten to keep me living in fear because you see, God did not give us a spirit of fear. But he gave us a spirit of power and of love and of sound mind. And I choose to believe what Christ has given us. So when I listened to the gospel of John, I heard and I saw how God can restore our faith. How he can restore hope within us and how he can release His love that is within us. And I saw it through the Gospels and the characters of the people. So what did John tell us? John said on that evening, even though his disciples, his closest followers, even though they were behind closed doors for fear, because of fear of what others can do to them, Jesus appeared. In their midst. And he spoke words to them that are echoing throughout the centuries, and those words are available with us and for us today. He said, Peace be with you. Three times he said this in that one gospel. The first time, of course, is when. His disciples were overwhelmed with what was going on in their lives, life circumstances. Their faith was wavering. Everything that they had heard and believed was up in the air. Their Jesus, as far as then they knew, was dead. And then to compound matters, they heard reports that his body was not there. And yet, even though one went and saw the empty tomb, he came back and he was with the others. They were fearful. And Jesus, in his resurrected supernatural body, came in and said, Peace be with you. And then he did something great, which is what he offers us every day. He allowed them to have their faith restored and to allow their joy to be rekindled. He showed them his hands. He showed them his side. And then their fear turned to joy, turned to hope. And then Jesus said for the second time, peace be with you. And then the third time that he said, peace be with you, was when he came a week later, like today, a week after the resurrection. Because he knew that Thomas, his heart and his soul being broken, he knew that Thomas had doubts. He knew that Thomas had fear. He knew that Thomas needed some help to get him through the hump that he was dealing with. So Jesus reappeared in the midst of the disciples with Thomas present a week later. And he went straight to the point because he knew Thomas's thoughts. He knew his doubts. He knew his hearts from afar off. One could say that he wasn't present physically, but he was present spiritually. Just like he is present with us. Just like he knows our thoughts that we think we can camouflage. Just like he knows our doubts, our struggle to walk with this faith. To have hope in him and all that he has promised. And to live and to release the love that he has within us. So he got to Thomas right away. He says, here, Thomas, put your finger in the nail prints in my palm. He says, look, put your hand in my side. He told him, now believe. Don't doubt anymore. And of course, naturally, if we were in Thomas's place, And we could see the physical manifestation of the risen Jesus right now today. Whatever doubts we are carrying with us, whatever fears we are holding on to, we would do like Thomas and say, fall at Jesus' feet, my God and my Lord. But we are not yet able to see the resurrected Jesus physically. But the day is coming, according to Revelation, that we will have the opportunity to see him face-to-face, not to mention that we will have eternity to live in his presence. But how do we experience the resurrected Christ today? We experience him through his Holy Spirit. I know for so many who depend on reasoning and rationality, that doesn't make sense because we forget that we are not infinite beings. We forget that we are finite beings. We have limited knowledge, as good as it is. We have limited understanding. We have limited wisdom. But it requires a faith beyond what we could see, and beyond what we could imagine, but God will allow you to experience his presence. When you open the scriptures, and you start to read, and you ask God to give you wisdom and insight, God will honor that prayer. When we are praying for others in need, we will experience Experience the presence of God because we will have the witness from others that your prayers touched my life. When we are serving God, when we are not having to beg people to serve and to carry on the missions of Christ, and we see lives being touched and transformed, then we know that this risen Christ truly is in our midst. When we are able to love people and to forgive people, even though they say things and gossip against you, because you can love them with Christ, then we know it's nothing of yourself. We know that it's the presence and the power of Jesus that lives within us that allows us to take his word and apply it into our lives and to see the benefit of the fruit of his spirit. Amen. I can see y'all. I'm watching y'all. I'm seeing y'all. God is with us. And this faith that we have is a gift from God. We might say we come to profess faith, but it is God who initiates that faith within us. Just like it's God who initiated the salvation for the world. Just like it is the same God who walks with us and talks with us and encourages us and reminds us when we are going through difficult times. When we are seeing a world that is broken with sin. When people are being hurt. When innocent people's lives are being touched. When everything touches our lives. That is not of God. God is here to remind us, I am with you but you have to believe I'm with you. You have to believe that I am bringing forth new life out of painful situations. Yesterday, I was in one of those fast food places as God would have it, and Freddie and I were sitting, you know, just enjoying some time together, and, you know, God shows up in ways and if we are not attentive, we can miss God. Because there was an elderly lady sitting with her walker right next to us. And I remember looking, turning and looking at her. And it doesn't cost me anything to smile with that love of Jesus. So I just looked at her and I smiled at her, Matthew. And it was the opportunity God used for this woman to start telling me all of her problems. And you know what? The flesh sometimes says, oh Lord, really? Right now? And then I had to quickly say, okay, Jesus, I'm seeing your daughter. And this woman told me and told us about her husband and told us about her difficult struggles in life because her husband has Alzheimer's and, you know, his memory is not what it is. She told me about her cats and her dogs and the struggle and how difficult it is, you know, to get up in the morning and to take care of herself and her husband and her animals and her parents who live with her. But sometimes all people need is a word of encouragement to say, God loves you. God is with you. And I pray that God will give her strength for all that she had to deal with. That's simple. But sometimes it means that we have to step out of ourselves. We have to trust the spirit of God within us. And we have to say, God, use me this day for your glory, however We don't need to be judging it. We don't need to be saying, oh, I'm not going to come to the church and help today. I am touching on people's feet and I'm thanking God, Holy Spirit. I am saying to you all, we have a call. And if the resurrection of Jesus Christ has impacted the lives, our lives, the way God wants it to impact our lives, then even though we are tired, even though we are weary, We will keep on seeing Christ ahead of us. And we will keep on saying, God, I know this is one more thing the church has asked me to do. But oh God, in the name of Jesus who lives within me, I will do it. Because I don't know how you're going to use my life, God, to touch somebody else's life who needs to know that the risen Christ truly is real and truly lives Within us. Jesus said. In revelation. That he is the alpha and the omega. He says. He is the beginning and the end. And John said. in the At the end of that passage. He says. Look. He says. The words that you are reading. They were written down. So that others who read it. And I can add. Who hear it. Can believe that Jesus truly is the Messiah. The son of God. The son of man. And that God raised him from the dead. But not only that. I love what he said at the end. He says that in believing. You will have life. My friends. Nobody can give us life. The resurrected life. The new life. But Jesus Christ. And when we receive it. We will be like those disciples, joyful, rejoicing that we just kind of wait to to let it come out from us so that other people will be touched. And they too may be partakers of this grace and this mercy that God has given us in salvation and the hope that God has made possible for us through Jesus Christ. So faith... Hope, love, these are the foundations that we live our lives by. And when we rest upon the foundation of Jesus and his love, ah, the challenges will come. I'm not telling you they won't. But when you call upon the name of Jesus, something will happen. And that something is a good something. And that something will carry you through this life into your eternal life, rejoicing. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, let us pray. Gracious God, thank you for your presence. Thank you for every soul under the sound of my voice. Thank you for your healing touch upon everybody mind and spirit and thank you O god that we go forth to be witnesses to your resurrection to your life in us and that others will know that you live because we witness to your living presence in us and their lives may be different that how it was before when they encountered you in us. And the people of God say together, amen, amen, and amen.